This is Sam Strains, and welcome to the third episode of the podcast. I am joined here with Sydney and Matt. How are you guys doing today? Good. Well. All right, cool. Um, excited to get to know you. Um, so I'm going to shoot you a couple introduction questions. Um, so how did you end up first finding this hobby? Um, and, you know, kind of what was your first train set when you got it, and why did you get that particular one? All right. So I guess for me, like most people – around our age I think a lot of us know what Soto Railway number one is that little blue tank engine that 060. Yep. Um, I started with the model series not that CGI stuff that kids see today um, and I got so captivated with it um, I had all the toys that mainly the battery ones and then I was like one day what are real trains like and then mm -hmm. I looked up a whole bunch of YouTube videos online and all the um, what's it called the I love toy train videos and I went, it went from there. And then eventually my parents were like, all right, let's get him a train set. So we went to my local hobby shop and I fell in love with the, my first set was the Hogwarts Express. Oh, um, I have that one too. Yeah. Um, all right. The original one? The, the original first set, the first release. Okay. Um, and originally I was going to go with a diesel set. The hobby uh, dealer was trying to buy, convince me as a six-year-old boy to say, oh, this one's got sounds, this got that, and the other thing. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, no, I want the simplistic uh, steam engine set. And mm -hmm. mind you, I was not a fan of the movies or the books at the time, but like, I just love the overall look because Lionel doesn't yeah. really make European style stuff. Mm -hmm. So not, when you make that, that, yeah. So that's what got me into the hobby. And then it just went from there. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, I actually, my first set was the Hogwarts Express as well. Um, it was a set when you got the Transformer and I got um, Fast Track with it. Um, but uh, I didn't get the Lion Chief version. That was that was, that was was way later. But um, yeah, still, it was very cool um, seeing it run around the track for the first time. All right, Sydney, go ahead. Um, so, uh, so my uh, introduction to this hobby was, of course, through Thomas as well. I had the wooden... Uh, railway trains. I had the battery powered stuff, stuff from Tommy and Trackmaster, all these different uh, brands. And uh, that's, that got me into trains itself. And of course, I loved watching the model uh, series of Thomas. I thought it was cool that they were using actual models and stuff like that. And then of course, I, one Christmas, I think it was when I was about six years old, I got my first Lionel set. It was just a uh, scout set. It actually had a rail sounds tender in the set, which was kind of neat. It had fast track. It had a little play mats, I think a, a bridge and some signs. And that got me introduced to the hobby. And then my dad had uh, his own train set, which was a, a scout engine similar to this one here. I think his was actually a 1061, not a uh, 236 like this. But that kind of was the mix. And my brother had a train set similar to mine. And from there, it just grew. We built a table and kept adding things and then my brother kind of got out of the hobby and I kept growing because I, I watched all the videos. I wanted all the command control stuff. I wanted all, I just wanted all that. And that's probably to where I am today with a very diverse collection of Lionel, MTH, Williams, just everybody. Yeah, that's um, very cool. Um, yeah, I kind of started with Thomas as well. With the, I had a lot of the Thomas Wooden Railway um, as well. And so, I kind of started, uh, I remember specifically um, going to my public library and getting the, um, I think it was the I Love Toy Trains on like DVD or VHS or whatever. 
Um, and that kind of stuck with me. And then for a while, I was kind of like, you know, I kind of want my first train set. Um, and so I got the Hogwarts Express and it's grown ever since. So that's yeah. very cool. Um, thank you for sharing that part. Also, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about your current layout. Uh-huh. Um, what are your kind of your dimensions? What are you planning on doing with it? Um, kind of also, what are you um, trying to model it after um, and why you chose to do it that certain way, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. All right. So my layout is about a 10 by 10. It's basically two four by eight sheets of plywood cut in half a little bit because there's one little section of the layout that's like uh, kind of like an L shape almost. Um, it's two main lines and a small yard. Um, mainly what I model is actually a pretty elaborate uh, time period. Not a lot of people do it, at least in O scale. I model the late 1920s through the 19, early 1930s. I chose that time period mainly because um, the architecture of that time period was so unique and different. All the buildings, the brick buildings with all the post ads that are painted on the sides of the buildings and whatnot. Uh, the rolling stock of that time period was interesting. All the locomotive prototypes that are ceased to exist nowadays. And also, I'm a big car guy too. So like all the vintage cars from back in the day are just so unique. All the paint schemes and everything. Just it's a very elaborate time to model and you know capture a piece of history. So that's mainly what I'm doing. And as far as the current layout's concerned, it's probably gonna stay the way it is. I'm just adding a ton of detail to it. It's not the biggest layout in the world, but that's okay because if you have a small layout, you can still do a lot with it. So that's what I've been doing over the last few years. Um, eventually I'm gonna switch over to Atlas Track because I learned quickly that Fast Track it's an okay system for the short term, but like if you got a long term layout like mine, I've been building this layout for the last 10 years. And I learned quickly that fast track can short out a lot. It's got a lot of issues, whereas Atlas or Ross track and stuff like that, or even Gargraves is probably the better option long term because the track is so smooth, you can get a consistent current out of it. You can even weld the track together to get a more consistent uh, electrical current. So it's a, it's the thing about this hobby is you know you live and learn but like i'm i'm so i'm happy with what i got right now yeah that's um thank you for sharing that yeah i've had the same experience with fast track as well um when i had my older layout um if you go to my instagram page it's on the it's the very first picture um but i always had trouble especially in the back corner and like the curves they would always short out the curves would short out and it would drive me nuts cuz then i'd have to walk all the way back and fix it and push the little middle pins together yeah. Um, I would have certain trains that would do great and others that would just do absolutely horrible. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go back to the old stuff with the tubular and I haven't had much problems at all. So yeah, yeah that's cool. Also the 1920s and thirties was a, a really changing time for America as well. So that's yes. very cool that you're modeling. All right, Sydney, go ahead. What do you got for us? Uh, so my current layout, I'll just start with dimensions. It's about the equivalent of four, four by eight sheets, probably a little extra in there. Uh, Cause it's a mix of, it's, built from my old layout, just adding on to it, of course. So it's def- it's in, it's kind of in an L shape. So it's definitely a decent sized layout. And I, I use fast track. I've actually not has had as much uh, problems with it. Uh, I've been able to wire it in the way that it needs to be for it to not short out. Plus I am make I cut custom pieces to fit. So I don't have to use the short sections, which are prone to of course, short out and, um, I've actually had a piece melt before, which is definitely not good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the kind of time period I'm trying to model is it probably from around 
the twenties all the way into probably the late sixties. Cause I like steam and diesel. Of course I like steam probably the most cause it's just, it's just so neat. Uh, but of course I have modern diesels and trains, but I'm, that's kind of what I'm trying to model. I'm trying to model the town I live in, uh, in Maryland, plus some other um, things in Maryland. In Frederick, Maryland, there was a big roundhouse and I'm kind of trying to roughly model that. It doesn't, it's not going to be exact, but it's definitely going to be a decent representation of that. And that's kind of where my layout's going. And of course I'm going to be adding scenery and more stuff player. My layout is obviously not anywhere near uh, done. Okay, that's cool. Um, a lot of progress for you, as um, I can tell. So one of the reasons why I brought both of you on today is kind of like your craftsmanship that you bring along with the hobby. Um, Cindy, you do a lot of repairs on your engines. And Matt, I saw on your Instagram page, um, you bought kind of like an old modeled warehouse and you completely redid it and everything. And I thought that was very cool. And also you had the, um, what was it? The display shelf that you built by yourself? Oh no, I had help with my father on that one, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting, um, uh, part of the hobby. The craftsmanship is definitely one of the biggest things getting to learn that for sure. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to talk about those things, bringing you both on here today. Um, so how do you think the model train hobby helps you personally in means of kind of like carpentry, um, wiring, um, electronics, et cetera. And what have you learned from that and what can you take away from and why is that important to learn um, for other people that might be interested coming into the hobby and seeing that as like a benefit or something? Well, you look at it like this, at least from my aspect, like the, the model railroading can bring a lot of different things into the real world. So if you're an electrician or looking to become one, wire up a Lionel train set and a big layout, and then you'll really start to figure out, oh, well, I can take all this that I've learned from building my big layout and I could use it to, you know, uh, rewire someone's house. Or if I'm doing carpentry, I can build anything within my house or somebody else's as a profession and so forth. Um, you can, and with electronics, same thing. Like if you're trying to build like computers and things like that, you can learn a lot about the circuitry boards that are within some of the older MTH and YNL locomotives. Um, and then just in general with, when it comes to the craftsmanship side of the hobby, it, it, it's mainly, for me at least, it's a, it's a live and learn process. Like you, you can, you make a lot of mistakes in this hobby. It happens to literally everyone and you learn from it and you build from it. So that, that, that's definitely something for younger kids to look at when they're entering this hobby, especially if you're going to do it alongside your dad, which is my benefit. I've had my dad help me build most of what you've seen on my layout. He did most of the bench work. I just had it in my head and he showed me how to do it step by step. And same with the uh, display case I built. We kind of just did that cohesively. So it, it's a lot of fun to do that. But like definitely you can take a lot of takeaways from this hobby. Okay, yeah, that's very cool. Thank you for sharing. Um, Sid, um, do you want to give your answer before I go to the next uh, Yeah, uh, sa same kind of thing. Uh, I actually, my dad and I built this room around us uh, in the room that I'm in now. It was a bare concrete room. And that, of course, taught me a lot about craftsmanship and which uh, helped me build the table uh, wiring. I am a big guy into uh, uh, electrical engineering and stuff like that. I work a lot on uh, more modern trains, uh, this engine up here, this Hudson up yep. here. I, I've done a lot of work on that engine. And it just definitely uh, helps you kind of learn things and be a more, little more handy. And 
I always say I'm kind of fiddling around with things as people are asking what I'm doing. Definitely will help. If you're going to get into this hobby, it would definitely help uh, you just be more uh, crafty and more like an engineer. It just allows you to think about things and put them into reality. Kind of think outside the box. And yeah. Stuff like that. Right. Yeah, kind, exactly. of, kind of think. Um, I'm not sure what the word is. I'm losing it right now. Um, cognitive thinking. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. In that deep thinking. Um, you know, like when I took apart my first train, um, I got one on eBay for like a hundred bucks and I was, I wanted to learn how to fix it up and everything. And so I took it all apart and I didn't care if I put it back the right way. I just tried to figure it out and make sure I knew how to do it the right way. did my research and stuff like that. Like if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. No big deal. But I ended up taking it apart, learning how to clean it and everything, putting it back together and it ran, ran great. So I think that's definitely one of the more positive sides as you cognitive think and you um kind of apply that and you know same thing you're going to make mistakes but um you learn something from it and i think that's important so sid you kind of want to talk more about your um electrical engineering and uh yeah i'll your trains i'll uh, i'll start out with something that that i'm i've done a couple of videos on is kind of restoring things in a way i i am not a i don't restore things to like perfect condition but this is something that i i've been proud of this is a lionel 2046 and the when i got it literally the wheels were completely rusty the uh the, the running gear was just completely rusty the paint was pretty much a brown color and of course now you can see it's a nice just kind of matte black finish and i've yeah. restored it back to no, uh, normal just with basic cleaning and i'm happy with this and Something that people, um, uh, lots of people like to do is restore them back to the way they were originally. Personally, I do that, but I also add some things like this is is a um, is a liquid smoke unit instead of a um, old pellet style, just because of course we have more uh, smoke fluid today. And then another train I've worked on is this F3 here. Bought it, same kind of scenario. It was just covered in corrosion. Uh, the horn didn't work, but I've made it work and even has on the bottom, you see that little black label. It's hard to see. Mm -hmm. That's the original like battery label that I kept and made sure it stayed with the engine, which was cool. And if, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, which I, uh, is um, this engine up here, I added LED lighting to the ground lights and the headlights and some other engines as well. And that's kind of a thing I've I really like to do. And then probably the thing I love to do the most is upgrade trains to command control. I love doing that. And this trade here is getting a upgrade. This is a, my Williams J class. And it's actually not getting a command control upgrade. This is going to have legacy in it. I am putting legacy command control and whistle steam into this engine. That's going to be a long-term project, which is taking a while, but that's definitely something I like to do. And I can't wait to see that come together. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, I think like a lot of people are very intimidated by all those new electronics and stuff like that. So it's cool. Like, especially me, like I got a problem with one of my line chief engines, like smoking, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I welded a new one on and it's still, still not working. I'm too scared to like get into it, but you're, you're just going right at it. And I think that's very yeah. cool. I, uh, I've learned, I've blown up many boards through the process of learning, but uh, you live and learn and, that's how I've come to understand the newer stuff. Right. That's very cool. Thank you. All right. Um, so Matt, you kind of want to talk about more about um, any other projects that you worked on? Like I, like I talked about earlier with the um, handcrafted um, um, building, the O-scale building, like the factory um, and your um, shelf. Do you kind of want to talk about 
any other things that you've had or yeah sure um i got quite a lot of projects going on off instagram and on instagram um the biggest one i'm sure you guys have maybe kept up with it a little bit but i got a friend of mine who's helping me take a uh, mth 10 wheeler and turning it into the real uh walt disney world railroad uh walter e disney yes um, I, I remember something like that yeah it's it's a very unique process that we're doing it's a very simple modification all it really is the funny backstory about this particular 10 wheeler is um, a few years back, um, MTH and Walt Disney were going to have a licensing agreement where they were going to make a one-to-one -one replica of Walt Disney World Railroad's first locomotive, the most famous one, the Walter E. Yes. And unfortunately, there was some complications because Mike wanted to sell the locomotive in hobby shops across the country, and Disney wanted it to be an exclusive to all the uh, amusement parks that they had. Unfortunately, that didn't go well for either side. Um, so unfortunately, Mike was stuck with this engine that was fully painted as the Walter E already. So he re-decaled them to say Abraham Lincoln and a circus train. So a um, funny story about that is if you bought one, and if you remove the decals, the Walt Disney decals are still under there, which is pretty unique in itself. So what me and my friend are doing is we're completely re-decaling uh, the whole engine that look like Walter E, one-to-one -one everything from the builder's plates to the number boards to literally anything that has to do with the engine. Um, and the other thing I'm doing is I'm making some rolling stock to go along with it. So I posted this recently on my Instagram. I made a one-to-one -one replica of, well, this is, this is actually a die-cast model you can get on eBay, but it's an O-scale model of Big Thunder Mountain, one of the most popular rides at the uh, Walt Disney Parks. So all I really did was I took a generic Lionel flat car. I think this is an MPC, if I'm not mistaken, but it's got die-cast trucks on it, so it's good weight. Um, and all I did, repainted it. I got some detail parts on it. I took some chains and then I weathered the whole thing. And that's the best part about this hobby really is like you plan out something in your head. You can really do a lot of cool craftsmanship. And that's going back to our topic we're talking about here where you can take literally anything you have lying around your house and you can turn it into something to benefit you in the long term. And that's what I did with my warehouse. All I did was take a little bit of balsa wood and stuff like that. And like they're, there was two uh, like moving doors that you could see on the front of the building. And I'm like, there's no platform. So let me fix that. And, you know, I did that. I just took whatever scrap wood I had lying around. I found some figures online and I just detailed it. It was some kind of kit. I'm not sure what was done. Uh, it came from my model railroad club and they scratch build half of the buildings on our display. So this was one from our original layout. We'll get to that later in the show, I'm sure. But um, it was a unique project. It was a simple modification, but it's a lot of fun to do that in this hobby. I love that. I love the arts and crafts side of it, you know, taking literally whatever you can and making it look real and so forth. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, I did not know that MTH and Disney were thinking of something like that or um, around what time was that, you know, like... Can you like time date that? Um, as far as the date, I'm going to say this was around, because believe it or not, there were two legitimate prototypes of that engine that exist, and they've recently sold off of eBay where the original decals were done on it. 
Well, the engine dates back, I believe, around 2013 when they first made the ProtoSound 3 version of the 10-wheeler, because they've been making the 10-wheeler for years, but it was the first release of the ProtoSound 3 with the wireless drawbar. Um, I'm going to believe, don't quote me on it, but I believe it was 2013 that that model was supposed to go into fruition. Okay, that's very cool. Yeah, I didn't know that at all, so that's kind of fascinating. Um, so cool. Thank you for sharing that part. Absolutely. Um, kind of um, another question I have is um, kind of like community events, um, kind of what um, clubs or activities you are a part of, like related to trains, and why are you? Um, you can go, go first. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm not really related to any like train club itself. Uh, there is the National Capital Trackers. I'm, I live in uh, Maryland, so they're, they're around here and they're you, uh, I'm also, I'm part of TCA, which is not a to total local thing, but I can drive to York, Pennsylvania. And there's some local shows that I've definitely gone to. And I like going to the National Capital Tracker show that's uh, near me. And that's about the only thing that I'm really into that's uh, uh, community-wise. And I go to my local train store and I make sure I'm there pretty often just to show that I'm a local customer. But there's not a lot going on around me. I this hobby is not the biggest thing around me, but luckily I have social media to talk to other people that are into this hobby. Yeah. And I'm kind of like you. Yeah. I don't have much around me at all. I think I've been to one local train show and it was just a couple tables and some bunch of old bunch of people talking about trains and stuff like that. It was pretty cool for me, but I've never been to like York or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm hoping to one day, but um, thank you for sharing. All right, Matt, go uh -huh. ahead. Um, as far as York, I'll touch on that real fast. If you haven't been before, it's a very over-the-top, it's literally the Super Bowl of model trains by far because it's the biggest, it's seven warehouses full of nothing but trains, and it takes you days. It can, for me, you got to do it in two days. You can't do yeah. it in one day. You really can't. It's very intimidating. I had a migraine by the end of my first time. I'm like overwhelmed of what's around me because literally at York, Whatever's there, if you've seen anything on online, like a rare locomotive that you only see on YouTube or just yeah. on the internet in general, nine times out of 10, somebody's going to have it on one of their tables. So it's a very exciting experience getting to see a lot of these models that you thought are, weren't even possible to ever see physically, and they're there. But um, as far as me with uh, model train, uh, as far as um, uh, clubs, I'm a part of the Nassau Lionel Operating Engineers. We are in Levittown, New York. We are one of the oldest model railroad clubs on the East Coast. We've been a club since 1983. Uh, we've had two layouts. Our first one, unfortunately, was dismantled due to a lease agreement on the building we had the layout housed in. So we moved to another basement, uh, not too far from the original location. The layout is 35 feet by 85 feet. It's a massive display. Um, it's not as big as I'm sure you guys might have heard of the Jersey High Railers. They're yeah, probably I think the so. biggest O scale. Uh, they're probably the biggest O scale uh, club in, on the East Coast. Um, but yeah, um, we are. We've been a club for that long. I've been a club member for the last four years. I love it. It's a lot of fun. You can. Literally, the it's an overwhelming layout. If you're a first timer, we have five track, two five track yards. We have a the east side and west side. If you ever see pictures on our Instagram of the club, look it up. It's a lot of fun to check out. We do a lot of different things. We do some club community events. We go to model train shows with a portable uh, dismantled display. We take it apart and we bring it to shows and so forth. 
And uh, being a part of a model railroad club taught me a few things. Um, number one, you get to see a lot of different skill sets from a lot of different ages in the hobby because I'm actually, me and two other friends joined and we're the youngest members of our club and everybody else is veterans of the hobby. They've been around since the post-war days. So they've seen everything, the ups and the downs of both companies of Lionel and Atlas, MTH, so forth. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an exciting thing to get involved in if you can. Um, I definitely recommend it. It's if, if there is a club near you and they do take membership, look into it. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that as well. Um, um, Sydney, um, I guess I'm going to actually shoot this question to both of you. Do you want to expand more on train show experiences? Cause I'm personally, I'm interested. Oh, I can definitely expand on that. Uh, okay. I've, and I, I assume Mac can as well because we've I, we've both been to York. The uh, York train show in particular is the one that I've been to the most. Uh, I have videos on YouTube and they're very long videos because you can buy a lot of stuff and see a lot of stuff that you don't always have to buy, which is something that I need to uh, learn a little more about. But uh, definitely train shows are amazing things. There's everything from the dealer halls to the actual companies themselves lots of the time and then there's the layouts and that's what makes it so fun you can see everything in the hobby just in one place and even if it's a small show and it's just a couple tables you can just talk to one guy that knows a lot and learn a lot and it's just an amazing experience and if you can go to any tca or local show i definitely recommend it because you can learn a lot and have a good time 100%. And the people that you meet at York is probably the main thing I go for. I'm from Long Island, New York, but I've met guys from Wisconsin. I've met guys from Los Angeles. I met guys from Alaska at York. And the, the amount of uh, diversity at this show is unbelievable. Like you can learn. So I've met a, a gentleman that came all the way from England that knew what this show was. So it's a very special thing to get involved with and just any model train show really because when you go yes you do have intention to spend a little bit you know there are going to be things you're after that you know you have a chance at maybe finding it so luck of the draw at some train shows but um when it comes to model railroad shows you know definitely you can take inspiration too because if you see a lot of the bigger layouts there. I mean, it's nine times out of 10 at train shows, you're gonna see all scales. So you're gonna see HO layouts, O and 30 layouts, N scale, even Z scale. And you can just take that and bring it back to your modeling and your railroad and learn from what you saw and say, maybe I can replicate that in some shape or form. But definitely uh, model railroad shows are a lot of fun if you if they are close to you and if they're and if you do want to join the TCA for all the listeners out there, I recommend it because there are other shows that they do outside of York. Okay, yeah, great. Um, thank you. Um, I was a little bit more educated on train shows. I've only been to one. Um, I kind of looked up at local train shows um, in Indianapolis. So um, yeah, I ended up going to one and. Uh, it was just kind of like a like a gym set up with a couple tables, but um, I ended up seeing the original post-war 700 Hudson, I believe. Is that, is that the right number, 700 Hudson? Mm -hmm. was it? Yeah, yep. 700 yeah, Hudson. Yep, I ended up seeing that one. Um, I saw a bunch of other post-war stuff. They had a couple layouts, and I ended up meeting a guy who ended up fixing some of our older trains, so that was, that was good. But yeah, um, 
I would say it's a very great experience, um, even for me just going to one local train show. Um, so hopefully I get to go to York one day, but we'll see. And uh, for anyone that, uh, one thing, one other thing that I forgot to mention about York is actually talking to the manufacturers themselves. Uh, that's a really interesting experience. Uh, that's how uh, I've learned a lot of the stories about this hobby. Uh, you probably could easily like learn about uh, that Disney train. You could talk, probably talk to Mike Wolf and you could probably explain that. Of course, I've actually talked with Mike Wolf a lot and I almost had a um, job opportunity set up for this summer, but with whole, this whole situation now, I probably won't have, but there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but um other than that, uh, yeah, just talking to the manufacturers is definitely a uh, something that's interesting to do, whether it's at York or another show. It just depends on uh, what show you're at. I've talked with Lionel, and that's how I learned a lot of the stories about um, the whole lawsuit that they had with MTH and uh, the making of tin plate trains and the manufacturing themselves. Uh, I actually follow a YouTube channel. I, I can't tell you the name because it's in Korean, uh, but it's in their factories and you get to see the trains being made and tested, which is very inter interesting. And I've, that's how I've learned a lot about the, um, the engineering inside these trains is through just talking with the manufacturers at the shows, which is definitely a good experience. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. That's uh, very cool. Um, uh, Matt, do you want to add anything? No, I, he said brought up a good point. I should have mentioned that too, because at York, they have what's called the orange hall and that's where literally you name it any dealer that's within o scale and sometimes they even have manufacturers that aren't from the o scale world because york is predominantly an o scale train show not necessarily ho or o and 30 although if you look hard enough you will see some guys selling those kind of scales no doubt about it um but yeah no definitely getting that's one of the other cool uh, opportunities of york is getting to talk to manufacturers like that, getting to see up and coming projects, maybe even get a chance to pry out some information you really want to know, like that they maybe can tell you over a whisper. You know, it's, it's definitely cool. It's, it's definitely a lot of fun to get to do that. Not a lot of shows. And this is, it's the only true time manufacturers are willing to open up to their customers because you can see that they care about the hobby as well. It's not just a matter of uh, the business side of it, making money to sell to people like us, but like more so they want to get feedback from us. That's definitely something you can do. Like if you have an idea and you really are passionate about it, want to speak to a, a manufacturer about it, you know, who knows, maybe in three, four years, your idea that you pitch just as a casual conversation might be in the next catalog. Yeah. Um, that's, that's very cool. Um, I definitely think um, a lot of people, like a lot of the manufacturers and stuff, um, they really do care about the hobby. It's not just a nine to five job that they're doing, just, you know, stuff like that. They, they're they really passionate about what they do. And I think um, that really translates um, into a lot of the products that us, we, we buy, um, especially, um, I would say probably, um, you know, kind of with the Lion Chief models and stuff like that, um, their their idea to like bring youth into it and get all these licensing deals that um, I think Corey or RJ mentioned in the first podcast um, and stuff like that. It's it's always growing. And it's always um, expanding. So, yeah, thank you for both of those. Um, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap it up and end the podcast today? I want to bring this up. You brought up the youth of the hobby, and that's yeah. honestly the yeah, biggest 
biggest thing about this hobby is trying to keep it going. I mean, we have younger guys like ourselves doing a podcast about this hobby like that. And that's always great. You know, technology is definitely playing a bigger factor into this hobby more than it's ever have in years past with all the technology they have with MTA choosing their uh, um, smart device technology for you to run your trains. I think ho the hobby is becoming even more accessible to a lot of people. Uh, with the Lion Chief uh, system as well, you're getting a lot more affordable train sets that have a lot of functionality and features that kids and even some of the older uh, hobbyists that maybe were getting out of it and looking to get back in without getting intimidated by the legacy or the MTH Proto Sound locomotives with all the digital functions and so forth. Really is, it's just a great thing. And like keeping the hobby alive to younger kids is always great. They're introducing more and more train sets. If you notice in catalogs, they're doing a lot more categories. They're doing more Disney related stuff. They're doing not as much Thomas anymore, but they still do it. They do Scooby-Doo. They do a lot of these fun, colorful uh, categories of train. I wouldn't be shocked if in the next couple of years we get a Star Wars set or a Marvel set. Because, you know, it's just they're in, they keep the manufacturers listen. They see what kids are into and they try to bring that into the hobby. And, you know, it's just again, it's a fun hobby. It's not necessarily just something that can be an educational hobby. I mean, it can for a lot of times, as we discussed on this podcast. But for the most part, keeping the youth involved is definitely the biggest thing. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely important. Um. I guess, yeah, this is kind of why I kind of started the podcast. Um, you know, I didn't, I don't really have much train shows to go to. Um, I got a busy schedule here at home. And now that things have slowed down, I'm able to do more and think more elaborately. And I really felt like, um, like, at least for me, um, I kind of wanted to meet new people in the hobby as well. And I went to YouTube to do that. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to start sharing my story as well. Um, so I, maybe I can be an inspiration for others and stuff like that. And then I was kind of thinking, you know, like, what if I just started a podcast? I mean, like, a lot of people listen to them. Um, I feel like it's the, it's kind of a way for somebody. It's kind of like um, reading in like an online book or like listening to an audio of a book. You know, people don't have enough time to sit down and read. So they listen to it on their car on the way to work or something like that. And I feel like a lot of us are, would you agree? We're, we're all busy with our lives and schedules and stuff. And it's hard to, sometimes it's before this all happened, um, it's hard to find time to even go to the train room. So I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to start a podcast. People, you know, if they have a smart TV in their layout room, they can turn this on while they do some scenery or something and just listen. Um, or, um, um, you know, I decided to put it on Spotify as well. So if you're in your car on your way to work, um, if you're if you're driving to the train store or something like that, you can listen to it. Um, just the other day, I mentioned this in my second podcast as well. Um, I had a older gentleman comment below and on the on my first um, podcast, and he said, "I'm inspired again. Like this got me back into it. I'm going online and I'm searching trains and everything, and it was very cool um, to see that. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. That's an awesome thing. Absolutely." Yeah. So again, thank you guys for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Thank you. For, a lot uh, about having you. Us. So yeah, absolutely. This is awesome, guys. And um, I learned a lot about, you know, kind of how you put your creative outlet into the hobby, like your own personal twist on that. So that's very cool. So anything thank else you guys want to say before I sign off? All I have to say is uh, 
if anyone is listening to this, uh, definitely uh, check out the hobby in general. Uh, check out Sam's uh, um, social media. Check out mine. Check out Matt's. And definitely just look into the hobby because yeah, this is an amazing hobby. It's uh, the greatest hobby uh, in the world, I, I consider. Absolutely, 100%. And for, again, like for everyone listening out there, like Sid said, it's, this is a great way to, you know, maybe introduce, if you're listening in the car, this is a great way to get into the hobby. And this is honestly, in my opinion, this is the best time to get in the hobby than it's ever had before. Yeah. With all the technology and all the new things that things have been getting added. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, you have trains that have swinging bells and smoking whistles. I mean, the, tra the trains are more real realistic than they've ever been in years past. It's not just some air whistle or some electric motor that's making a horn go anymore. It's just like, it's a more immersive experience. And you know, the, the things you can discover in this hobby is endless. The people you can meet in this hobby is endless. It's a lot of fun. So again, if you're listening to this podcast, keep listening. And if you're looking to get into the hobby, absolutely. It's the best time. And it really is the best hobby in the world. All right. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing that. Um, really means a lot to me. I got to meet you guys, uh, find out more about what you guys do. Um, I will, um, on my YouTube, I'll post this on YouTube and I'll post this on Spotify as well. Um, in the description of my YouTube page, I will post links to all your guys' accounts so people can go see all of your guys' and what you guys do um, and stuff like that. So again, thank you guys for watching. Um, anything else you guys want to say real quick? Nope. Just thank right. you for having me on here. Thank yeah, you. you're welcome. You. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, so this is Sam's Trains. Um, I hope you enjoy the podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode.